0: every team, every topic, everywhere this is
1: believe. Believe in everything Auburn is brought to you by bet online at betonline.ag your number one source for all basketball info, stats, news and analysis. The latest odds, news, and info for everything March Madness had to offer, even continuing into the NBA playoffs. BetOnline is your sports information headquarters all season. If you love sports info, score, news, and podcasts, you can find everything at Online. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. And if you head to the website today, you can also use your mobile device to get in on the action. But make sure you use our promo code BELIEVE. That is B-L-E-A-V. And they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. No reason to not start today. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts we everyone. Welcome back to Believe in Everything Auburn with Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell. Hope everyone had a fantastic weekend since we last spoke. Obviously, a lot of basketball coming at you, so we're going to catch you up on all of that, as well as discuss the final week of Auburn spring practices, which will culminate on A-Day this Saturday, which will also be Jason's kind of official debut as the Radio Color Analyst. I know you've done radio for a day before, but this is your first time officially in that role, and we couldn't be more proud. So we are gonna catch you up on all of it. Welcome in, everybody. Hope you uh, had a good night's sleep. I am sipping on my coffee this morning because like we've discussed, your girl's not a morning person, but Auburn helps me get through. Jason has tea and a water bottle. What is that?
0: (laughs) That's well, apple cider vinegar uh vitamin c
1: absolutely not no what you start your mornings with that
0: yeah sometimes you know i, I need a little pick-me-up so you know i had to go in there and, and uh, get my vitamin c pack they got apple cider vinegar in it and uh, pour it in my water and you know and off my day goes you know i'm not a coffee person you know, I'm i was to just about it. to ask you that i like coffee but Every time I take it, it just does something to me. It just makes me feel tingly. So, you know, I just kind of stay away from coffee and I just do like hot teas and, you know, B12, vitamins, different things like that. But, and I do like coffee, but I'm sorry, I
1: can't. What eat. about decaf? Have you tried decaf? Yeah, but what's the purpose? You so, know, oh,
0: coffee,
1: excellent question. Coffee. Excellent question. I don't even think that caffeine does anything for me anymore, which is probably a bad sign. I could have a cup of coffee and go right back to bed. Like it does not wake me up. I don't get jittery. I just it it's like a it's like a little treat in the morning. It's like you got up You got out of bed. Here's your reward. You know, a little French vanilla creamer, a little Splenda. And um, I'm just I'm happy to be awake. That's really what it does. It doesn't really give me energy. I'm just like rewarding myself for waking up.
0: But you have to be up early for most most of your jobs. Correct.
1: Honestly, it's I have to be up later at night. Than early mornings. Yeah, I mean, most of my games are at night, and I mean, if you kick at seven, you're not getting back till midnight.
0: Yeah, cause see, I'm a night person. I usually don't go to bed to about one o'clock, one thirty.
1: Yeah. I'm just not a morning person. It doesn't matter how much sleep, but i tell you what I'm not doing. I am not drinking apple cider vinegar, but one of us is a former professional athlete and one of us isn't. So I guess you can take that with what you will. Speaking of being a professional athlete, we got a couple photos behind you. Again, we are doing video. What up, YouTube? We are on Believe's YouTube channel. If you're listening as podcast and would prefer to watch, here's your reminder that we are doing video. Nonetheless, let's go ahead and dive into some sports news because we're going to catch you up and send you into the week with all of the Auburn updates as well as a little brief basketball recap now that season has officially commenced for NCAA women's and men's basketball but let's start with the Tigers like we always do this is the final week of spring practice they had one yesterday which was Monday that was the 12th the first of four that they will have this week which does include Saturday's spring game but Hugh Freeze has talked to the media very candidly about what we talk about all the time in regards to the spring game fans cannot consider it law what they see that day you you cannot think that that is going to be your indicator of what this team is or is not and that is specifically something that he has said this week in regards to the offense he said we're going to give you something that is fun to watch we hope you have a great game day environment but we don't know who we are offensively right now and i don't think that should surprise anyone but we get in that environment we get back in jordan hair it's on sec network it's hard not to associate what you're seeing with what the team is and and he is here to tell you It ain't, okay? We're still trying to figure it out as we go. And look, they even changed some things yesterday in this final week of spring practice. Robbie Ashford was back with the ones. Holden Garner was on third team. So they're shuffling, they're learning, they're testing these guys. I even think the things that he's saying in the media are to push these guys. Everything he's doing right now is intentional. And so how they operate this final week of spring game, what they put out there on a day they're using as coaching tactics, there's there's nothing else that they're going to get out of this he wants to get out of it healthy, and he wants to get out of it probably challenging these guys from a mental capacity. He's not putting everything on full display. They don't know what display they even have yet.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. You know that's so true in so many ways. Uh, Coaches are all about trying to create a mindset and in this situation to make sure that his quarterbacks doesn't get complacent doesn't get comfortable understand that they are in a competition and the job hasn't been won yet and especially you know in the rpo game that's the one thing we keep hearing about that they're kind of struggling with and they're behind on the rpo game and that's a big critical part of what Hugh Freeze and coach montgomery's offense is and that may take a little bit more time but as a quarterback you do want to have one leg up going into the summer you know, being that guy, once August comes around, you want to be the guy taking those first team reps to have the opportunity to seal the deal. So this last week is very important. I don't think coming out of spring games gonna get any one of them one leg up because you know there's still so much that can happen, Taylor. Mm-hmm. Like transfer portal in May, you know, there's still mm-hmm. you lose a few guys. We may gain a few guys. Uh, you know, so this roster still won't be set until probably June or July. Till you are you for everyone to know kind of what to expect come august but you mm-hmm. uh, know, and, and not just for the quarterbacks but just for all the receivers it is important that we do start to dial in on one or two guys early in august because mm-hmm. these receivers are going to need some timing you know they're going to need to be be able to build some chemistry you know you got new faces and everything you got nick Barner, new face at the receiver position you know you got a, a fairweather who's the new tight end These guys need to start building chemistry as quick as they can. And right now they understand that they are in a quarterback situation where they got to be ready to catch the ball from whomever it is. But this is a mindset that Coach Freeze is trying to create, uh, make these guys compete at a high level
1: yeah it's interesting you you think so much about well we just need continuity at the quarterback position obviously so they can build chemistry the quarterback is always the leader yada yada i worked the xfl this past weekend and one of the teams has had a lot of movement at the quarterback position for some off the field miscommunication Mm -hmm. stuff the team is also the most penalized team in the xfl and you don't really think about the effect that it has In terms of the different voices that are back there, the different cadence, the different rhythm for the offensive line. And so something as simple as what they are audibly hearing over and over in a game atmosphere, the type of voice they get used to, the type of breaks that they take in their cadence, little details like that can literally lead to penalties or or a more disciplined team and that was that was an element of it that I hadn't really thought about but it it goes hand in hand and it did for us in our storyline this past weekend the consistent shuffling at the quarterback position has really challenged them in the ability to eliminate penalties.
0: Right and especially the voice inflection Uh, you know we all have different voices it's just like we hear different games being called by analysts you kind of Get the rhythm of the analyst. It's the same way when it comes to football. These guys out there playing. So offensive linemen is trying to get a jump start on the defense line. The mm-hmm. defense alignment figure out, okay, what's the cadence of this quarterback during the game so I can try to get off with the get off on the ball. Mm-hmm. So there's something that go that goes along with this where if a guy's checking plays and doing different things, the offensive linemen kind of know, like, okay, he's about to check. I can tell in his voice that we're getting to a check, you know, sure. rather than, oh, I'm a false start because Oh, I thought we were going, you know, yeah. so that, that's the thing about when it comes to voice inflection is being able to be loud and be competitive, but also those guys around you have to understand, okay, I need to know my quarterback's tempo. Totally. And it's, and even in the drops, Taylor, like even when you're dropping back as a quarterback, like a lot of left tackles and right tackles, they want to know the depth of where you want to be at because they want to mm. set there. To know where to run the defenders up the field or where you're going to be set at. So that way they build a wall around you so the inside guys also understand. So every quarterback is different. Robbie is shorter than TJ. So TJ may be a little bit longer in his drop. You know, Garner's kind of like in between. So then his drop may settle somewhere in between both of those guys. So it's just all these things and intangibles that have to come together and they're not built overnight. So mm-hmm. even with all the new offensive alignment that we have in the transfer quarter this year, it's going to take the offense a lot longer than the will the defensive side to get caught up with everything.
1: It'll be interesting to see, but Hugh Freeze wants everyone to realize that it ain't going to be the whole, whole shebang. He also said that Jarquez Hunter is the best running back he has ever coached, which I thought was very high praise and encouraging of a guy that, It's his time. You know, we had Jarquez on the show a few weeks ago, and and he already seemed locked in. He's a really humble, good dude, just like really grounded. Something about those Mississippi guys, I guess. But um, he just, he has been, now don't get me wrong, he has gotten acknowledgement and praise since he's been here, but it's been him and Tank. It's been, oh, we're the one-two punch. We're the Cadillac and Ronnie now it's Jarquez. It's his turn. It's his moment. And he has given us every reason to believe that he can be that guy. And I think that for a new coaching staff to come in and have uncertainty about a lot of positions, but immediately say, not only is Jarquez impressing in in spring camp, he's the best running back I've ever coached. I, I mean, that gives you a hell of a lot of confidence when you're sitting here going, okay, it is my time. And this coaching staff thinks it's my time too.
0: Well, Jarquez has kind of earned a lot of the things that he's gotten uh, when he first got here like say you know Tank was here and you know Tank gets a lot of the credit and a lot of the the headlines and the papers but you know Jarquez was kind of the dark horse dark mm-hmm. horse uh, you know the guy that's working extremely hard especially in the day and time where kids transfer as soon as they're not the starter you know they come fresh out of high school they think someone's supposed to just hand them the starter position yeah. and they it, they don't want to work for it, all of a sudden they leave. And now you're in the same situation a year later where you could have been a year ahead. And that's where Jarquez is. He is a year ahead now because he was able to hang here, hmm. still develop, still get his reps. While he wasn't the main guy, he still was getting playing time. But now, guess what? He has two years left at Auburn, and now he's the main guy. So the right. time will come if you just continue to work hard and just don't start just start leaving and chasing. But he's the guy that simplifies leadership. Every mm-hmm. guy he's not a big rah-rah guy you know he's the guy that just leads by example and that's what you want you know guys are going to show up do what they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it and show you why they do it and that what helps the younger guys come in as a freshman and be like that guy right there i want to follow everything that he's doing because obviously he's doing it the right way mm-hmm. and the results are starting to show
1: I mean, look. He told us when he came on the show, his goal for this season is to be the top back in the SEC. So he has his eyes set on goals. He is driven, but he doesn't really care about all the pomp and circumstance. He honestly, like, even doing the interview with us, he was a little soft spoken. You know, he's not, he's not that guy. But he, he freaking has big goals for himself and for this team. And and I, I am with Coach Freeze. I, I won't be surprised if this is his. Real breakout season. Um, Another thing about the format of this week, and obviously you can give your thoughts on this because spring games are kind of at the discretion of the respective schools, how they want to structure it, how they want to format it. And Hugh Freeze will be doing the format where the defense will start with a selected number of points and the offense will try and whittle down those points, starting from wherever Hugh Freeze tells them to start on the field. So, is not the typical format of a game? I, I think fans need to be aware of that. Um, how did you guys usually format spring games when you played? Do you do you like the way that they're doing this one?
0: Ashley When I played a spring game, I didn't even know the format because the coaches like they used to just line us up out there and just say, okay, guys, here we go. You know, try to take just the first play time down, score and defense, try to stop them. <laughs> like, you know, it'd be very vanilla, no blitzing, just you know, basically yeah. cover and, you know, based <laughs> offensive plays, no motion and shields and all that stuff. So after spring game, to me, was boring. Um, oh. Practices were more intense because that way we we try to scheme up the defense, you know, to go out and beat them. And they're trying to scheme up blitzes to get to us. And uh, and there's a real competition. But in game, in spring game, it was all about just really just, hey, let's go ahead, get this done, get to the fans, take some pictures, sign some autographs and, and things like that. But... There are going to be some fans that be in there and be like, What's going on? Why are you doing this? Like, it's a situation. They're going to put guys in situations just see how they respond. Yeah. Even a vanilla situation. Um, yeah. So the defense will start off, I believe, 24 to zero or 21 to zero, however they said it. And then after that, the offense has to catch up with the defense to tie the game up or win the game. So he's trying to make it a little bit more fun. But there are a couple of young guys I'm interested to see. I know we talk quarterbacks and running backs. Everyone kind of knows who those guys are. But, you know, Camden Brown is a guy last year, Taylor. You know, that's one of your best your best guys. <laughs> uh, he, he's a guy. Nick Marner a guy I want to see. Boris mm-hmm. uh, Johnson, I want to see what he does again this year. Uh, this The new center outside of Avery, Avery Jones is our starting center that came mm-hmm. in to train but Connor Lou, the high school guy that came in that's getting a lot of headlines. Mm. Um, yeah, he's getting like lot. Kai-in Lee, the cornerback that we was able to decommit from Ohio State to sign with Auburn, that was able to be an early enrollee. And with J.D. Ram out right now for the spring, this guy's getting a lot of reps. So I want to mm. see in person as well. I saw a scrimmage a couple weeks ago. I just want to see these guys out in the game-like atmosphere because some of my eyes are going to get big. You know what <laughs> How many people are at a spring football game? It's going to be more than some of them that came from these other conferences to 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 Auburn, the transfer portal. They're going to realize there's more people at our spring game than it was at their real games.
1: We love it. It's what the Auburn family always does. And I think on the heels of how we ended last season, where it was just rooted in loyalty to this school and this program, that's reason enough to be there to show support and to give an inkling of what those guys are going to have behind them come fall. I also think from an individual perspective, these guys can go into Saturday knowing what I do today doesn't grant me a job 100%. But what I do today can answer some questions that these coaches have about me. It's not going to answer all of them. It's not going to make their decision for what's going to happen in August. But you can whittle down a little bit of doubt or some of the question marks that these coaches inevitably have about these guys. So there is an individual implication that it can matter for these guys. It doesn't give us a look into what this team is or who this team is as coach free said but an individual gain can certainly be there for today it's kind of like what we say about you know these guys in you know entering the draft they showed what they're going to show on tape these uh, you know opportunities like senior bowl or pro day it doesn't necessarily make or break you but it can improve it, it, it can kind of lean things a little bit toward you I think the spring game that's probably the best way to put it from an individual perspective
0: some guys are game players some guys are practice players like mm-hmm. I've seen all world all American practice players and then once yeah. the lights on this light where did you go interesting I, so you see that all the time as well so they'll get a chance to know a lot about some guys in the atmosphere with a lot sure. of people in
1: Oh, yeah. We're looking forward to it. Again, that is this Saturday. I believe kickoff is at 1 p.m. Central, so make sure you go support the guys. Uh, Before we close out, basketball season has concluded. Women's results were, yet again, not what we talked about on the last episode. It was an LSU-Iowa National Championship, with LSU bringing the first-ever basketball title back to Baton Rouge for men's or women's. Kim Mulkey just put on a clinic this year and did it in the craziest blazers I've ever seen, but all the credit to her and to her team for pulling that one off Iowa, a very talented team. But of course, it's been overshadowed by some drama and debate. And I just am curious your take on it real quickly. I know we only have a few minutes, but Angel Reese taunting Caitlin Clark, and that has been. More of a talking point than what transpired in the game, honestly. And here's my brief take: I understand taunting happens, and I, Caitlin Clark did it first. I felt like Angels was a bit exacerbated. It lasted a lot longer. It was directed specifically to one person, not just toward a bench or a group of people. She didn't let up. It it was a honestly, I was surprised that a there wasn't some sort of call on it because I feel like at an NBA level or even in a men's game, it would have been a tech. Um, But I also understand the growth that we're seeing in women's basketball and allowing these, these women, these athletes to build, build their brand, build their notoriety and be competitive. They are prevented from doing that so often. I don't think it was warranted. I think it was, it was a little too far because of how much she put behind it, not that she did it, but the extent to which she did it. That's where I was like, dang it, girl, like I I want to understand so bad, but I think you just went a little too far with it.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, didn't understand quite at the time. And then afterwards, I guess the young lady, I can't remember her name was on stage, and she was uh, saying, Caitlin, you're an outstanding player. You had a great tournament, but put some respect on our team name, put some respect on Coach Moki." And then afterwards, they started showing where it came from. I think people forget that women are very competitive, Ooh, yeah. and you know, and and it's good for the sport for them to be competitive because it that is. would make them tune in more. Let's be honest: the reason that people were watching a lot of the women's final four was because of the performance that Caitlin had been putting on. You know, mm-hmm. she had forty-point games, and then it's the it's the inclement of Coach Moki being in the final four. There's there's South Carolina who's been this dominant force 36 and oh they're in the final four and then you know there's this uh virginia tech team ranked number one one seed at a one seed it's in the final four so and then you have lsu and iowa two teams that's never been to the final four i don't believe and now they're competing for the championship if you would have told me lsu and iowa would have been in a championship i'd have been like no way just like uconn and <laughs> and san diego, san diego state, state it's just going to show you that the games are evolving, but yeah. women's ball is picking up. That you see all the fans outside the game? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's at the ball game. So I think, you know, the talent level is picking up. You know, you look at an Angel Reese, a girl that's like six five, six six, and can move, handle the ball like a point guard. You look at Caitlin, uh Clark, a girl that can play like a Steph Curry, a women's basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, a-, a Leah Boston at South Carolina, who's, you know, strong girl down low but very very versatile They're so there's so many players and accolades and like you said it, it's sad that a lot of it got overshadowed because it everyone in between the two things that happened between Angel Reese and, and Caitlin Clark and it kind of like overshadows a lot of what some of these other guys other girls did because you look at number two she had 11 points in the whole tournament and then all of a sudden she lit it up for 18 points
1: it's <laughs> crazy game.
0: she was shooting the lights out and uh and everything, and and you know LSU winning their first championship, it goes to show you how important coaching is. You know yeah. they hired her to come to LSU to win a championship, and then she went. She went and got nine girls in the transfer portal after last season. They yeah. went 26 last year. She went to get nine girls in the transfer portal, and now they're in a, they, they're national champs. So your student can change overnight now. And everything. So this is a situation where you're going to see a lot of this happening. Like I can't even tell you going to next year what Auburn's basketball team is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't understand the portal right now. Our basketball team has six spots open. You know they're going to get four in transfer portal. You now Holloway is going to fill one of those spots. So it's going to leave us with five other spots to go out and get guys in the transfer portal. And right. we still don't know what Alan Flanagan's decision is. We still don't know know what williams decision is so there's a lot of things that can transpire that you can look up a year from now and be like oh armor's in the in the final four or something you just don't know and when it comes back to the angel Reese situation you were right like the thing is like did she do it a little bit longer yeah you know it kind of went a little bit longer but she said she got caught in the moment and like i said if you watch draymond green in the nba a lot of people talk about draymond green but they tune in why Cause they know he's going to give you something, um, true. you know, and, and that's the thing about sports It's unfortunately, but sometimes things like this kind of gravitates fans. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, it just kind of went a little bit too rough in the media perspective, you know, understand that these are still women that are 19, 20, 21 years, 22 years of age.
1: She's you know, a sophomore.
0: Yeah, they're still learning. So they're going to make some mistakes. So we have right. to grace and understand that in a competitive environment, Caitlin understands, you know, she's a competitor, you know, even in the South Carolina game, she waved off the girl from shooting the three, you know yeah. what I'm saying? She's like, go ahead, shoot it. Like, you know, people say, oh, that's disrespectful. But hey, like I always tell people, if you don't like it, then beat it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So but that's what LSU said. They came out in this game and said, hey, if they leave us open like this, we're going to shoot the ball. And I have no idea why South Carolina was not shooting the ball. I was just like, yeah. <laughs> with the ball, you got two big girls down low that can go up and get the rebound. I was mm-hmm. like, so you give them a shot. But, you know, kudos to both teams. Uh, I really enjoy watching the women's final four, uh, the, the entire tournament. And like I said, you know, our they bang with you. Those yeah. girls, they were the all, but they bang. And, uh, you know, like I said, in LSU, like to bring another championship back to the SEC just goes to show you that – it's not getting easier in the SEC, Taylor. Uh, oh no! Not, still there with the number one recruiting class right now in women's basketball, and you know LSU is not going to be far behind. So uh, you know we got to find a way to get our Auburn program rolling and give out uh, give some support to our women's teams here at Auburn uh, to give them a chance to get in this hunt.
1: Totally. I, yeah, I can. I can also see where frustration would lie with all of the backlash about something like that because I would be like. Have y'all been watching for years or did you just tune in for a final four because it was an unexpected matchup and now you're going to complain about something like, have you been supporting this sport as a product for all these years? Because this is a women's sport I know on the TV side that has struggled, you know, sports like gymnastics and softball perform a lot better than women's basketball. And now, you know, people like Barstool and are going to have comments about this one particular aspect. Have you been a fan of our product? Have you been following the game? And do you know anything about Angel Reese besides that? Because it, it just allowed all these leeches to jump onto something that was a media frenzy. But it's not coming from genuine supporters or or fans of the game. And that's where I'm like, you lose me there. It has to be coming from a reputable voice. But regardless, congratulations are certainly in order for LSU. Kim Mulkey is a force to be reckoned with. Like To do that in such a quick turnaround at a program that had never won a national championship. It's not like someone following Don Staley. You know, it's not like someone that was coming into a, a program that expected championships two years and she brings the first one back. It's crazy to me. I mean, she, she knows what the freak she's talking about. So
0: and she got nine transfer girls. Yeah, that's cool. But you still got to build a chemistry. You still totally. got to build a and you got to get these girls to buy in. And yes. I think that's thing you're dealing with a lot of athletes now, Taylor, that are are me people first, mm-hmm. you know, instead of team people first. So you have to get that out of your young players when they first get there. And like, hey, uh uh-uh. uh, check your ego at the door. It's all right. about the team. And that's something that she's able to do. And she won a championship as a player herself, you know, in, in the nineteen eighties at Louisiana Tech. So she Crazy. knows what, like, this is her fourth one as a as a woman's coach. I just, you know, I get kudos. I think the sport is evolving. Um I it's really getting to a place where, you know, NIL is picking it up when it comes to women.
1: I was and- talking about that with coworkers this weekend during the XFL. I think for women's basketball in particular, like people like Angel Reese, I'm staying in collegiate basketball as long as I can. Like the current culture and the curtain, current landscape of women's basketball in NCAA, especially on the heels of what this year did and, and the the awareness that it kind of garnered your situation is going to be better than in the WNBA for where it stands right now. Like I'm, I am taking advantage of my college eligibility. If I'm a women's basketball player right now.
0: Like Caitlin Clark, she could leave. She's a junior. You go to the NBA, the WNBA. Now you're in there with the Sue Birds and all the other legends and stuff that are still playing. that were big names, but now you stay in a, you stay in college basketball. Who's the number one woman's, College basketball player going into next year. She is. So yeah. endorsements come like crazy. Oh, yeah. So they have an opportunity to stay and evolve and make more for themselves as well. Uh, so they can really, really evolve the game uh big time. Uh her
1: And Angel, yeah, capitalize on this momentum because it it is certainly there. Uh, you when you were mentioning the men's basketball team, you mentioned a couple guys we're still waiting on decisions for, but we do now know the decision of Wendell Green. He has announced that he is going to be pursuing the NBA draft. Were you surprised by that? He announced that decision this weekend on his social media.
0: Yeah, I was really surprised. I was
1: too.
0: You think about Wendell, yes, he can shoot, um, you know, but he's a smaller guy, you know, just one more year of of being at Auburn, getting stronger, um, you know, because Late in the games, his legs wasn't there. Why? Because he has to handle so much of the basketball from first quarter, I mean from first half all the way through. And mm-hmm. he has to come off picks and guys are banging with him. And you know, he doesn't have that physique to take that for for two full halves. But now you got a guy like Holloway coming in. And I feel like, okay, he can help you by he's going cause he's gonna take a lot of pressure off of you with ball handling. Now you get a chance to be that shooting guard to go off of screens and not have to worry about trying to get in a high pick and roll all the time. And mm-hmm. And be able to get up some shots and have your legs late in games to be able to hit big shots. So, I thought that this would have been a great opportunity for him to advance and show what he can do in that aspect of it. But you just never know, especially, you know, these guys. I don't know, you know, what he has personally that he feels like he needs to go ahead and try to move forward. So, we wish right. him the best and all that he do But, man, it's just so hard, man. These kids, they just want to chase these dreams so fast. So, Taylor, I tight. know. I know. Sometimes works out for a lot of them, but then we don't hear about the story where it doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. Sharif Cooper, a talent that came to Auburn, everybody was high on him, you know, just a little bit of impatience, he thought it was time to go, because he's going to be a top 15 draft pick, and he ended up being one pick before the draft ended, yeah. and then he won game in the NBA before he ended up being down in the G League, yep. so, you know, I just hope these guys really, really understand, like, man, don't, don't chase the dream too fast, because the faster you're chasing it, you know, you're making the faster you're leaving it as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's a very good way to put it. But season did end completely this past weekend in the men's season as well. UConn defeating San Diego state last night, 76 to 59, if I'm not mistaken, San Diego state getting to the championship in just yet again, some crazy magic buzzer beater against FAU. That was insane. UConn handled Miami very comfortably and certainly had the edge the entirety of the game last night as well. So give me your thoughts on those two games, or I guess three games, the Final Four and championship.
0: Uh, Man, I tell you what, I I thought Miami was intriguing being in the Final Four, but I watched that UConn game. UConn just way too big. And then the San Diego State-FAU game, you know, what a classic, you know, it comes down to – the guy being one inch from stepping out of bounds to uh, hitting a game winner with the buzzer going off, you know, and then it it's just going crazy. Magic. You know, San Diego State deserved to be in the game. You know, defensively, they are one of the best defensive basketball teams in college. Uh, UConn was probably the best team from top to bottom throughout the tournament. They beat everybody by 10 points or more, uh, even in this game. I think San Diego State had a shot, but they went 10 minutes in the first half where they only scored two points. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's extremely hard for you to win. And uh, like I said, what a great tournament. And you know, you of crazy, membership. but if I had to vote between the two, which tournament I enjoyed the most, I have to say I enjoyed the women's tournament more than the yeah. men's. Uh, you know, but both of them are really good. It's good for basketball, it's good for competition. And uh, we'll see what happens.
1: Both were just so unpredictable. And, and golly, I love that. And we kind of mentioned on the episode last week college football doesn't really have that to the extent that basketball has in their tournament format. It makes me even more excited for an expanded playoff and, and just kind of a, a more dispersed array of talent because it is so top heavy in college football right now. So you get these Cinderella years like San Diego state and even FAU and now recruits are considering, you know, those programs that maybe they wouldn't have prior
0: Right, because they, they see the coaching as well. You know, they see the, these guys that, you know, how well their coaches and, and everything. I think expansion of football really helps a play, a play like Auburn. Because yeah. we play Georgia and Bama and LSU every year. And Literally. They even, this is in Oklahoma. So, you know, I think that helps us. We got to start giving everybody an opportunity, you know, to go out there and create and have a chance to win games and stop just, oh, expecting the big schools always be the ones to to be in the championship games.
1: Right. Well, this year definitely showed that. And for those of us that uh, brackets busted a long time ago, we're going to be smarter and more open to the upsets next year. Amen. All right, peeps. Well, that is going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything Auburn. As always, Make sure, you subscribe if you haven't already. You'll get a notification every time we release an episode, which is now twice a week. So make sure you do that so you don't miss any of the action. You can also subscribe on YouTube or ring the bell, give a like. Um, if you have become a YouTube watcher, we love it. Make sure you follow us on social media as well at Taylor Beth Davis.
0: So J 17 on, on Instagram, J Cam underscore 17 on Twitter. So okay.
1: Yes, make sure you follow us. Hit us up if you have any requests or interviews that you would like done. And then come on back on Thursday and we will do another deep dive into spring expectations. Maybe talk a little baseball. We hadn't done that in a little while. So you don't want to miss any of the action. Thank you for listening to Believe in Everything Auburn, presented by Bet Online. We love you. War Eagle.
0: Drink your apple cider vinegar.
1: Absolutely not. Goodbye.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to Believe.